The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, This saying is hard. Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave me? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Our Lord's disciples look at him and they say, Lord, this saying is hard. Who can accept this? If this is hard, who can accept this? And they're saying this in response to what our Lord has been been preaching over the last few weeks, that, that he is the bread that came down from heaven. And that unless we eat, His flesh and drink his blood, we have no life in us. And and so in speaking about the reality that that we experience every single week, the Eucharist, and that the Eucharist is Jesus, right? The Eucharist is Jesus. It is the same person who said these very words in John's gospel. It's the same person who suffered and died and rose again from the dead. Every time we receive the Eucharist, we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and as he's conveying this reality, his disciples are, are saying, the saying is hard, who can accept this? Like, this doesn't match my experience. Like, what are you talking about? And then our Lord, in response, he says, does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? And he tells them what they're going to see in the future. That that there are many things that God is going to do, that our Lord Jesus Christ is going to do, that aren't going to match our experience, and and things that our Lord's going to do that aren't going to match our expectations things that our Lord's going to do that, 
that are definitely not the same things that the world does. And as, as the disciples are sitting there in this tension between maybe like what Jesus is saying to them and, and, and how they're able to make sense of it or not make sense of it or what our Lord is teaching and how it doesn't really match with their lived experience. He says, for this reason, I've told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my father, that, that there are certain things that we come to believe and there are certain things that we come to know and, and there are certain realities that we do begin to experience because they're a gift from the Father, that, that faith itself is a gift that's given to us by God. And it was given to us in our baptism. And it's faith that allows us to submit to a truth that, that maybe doesn't match our experiences. You know, and, and this lesson goes far beyond you know, a teaching about the Eucharist, it goes to like every single thing that the church teaches. And, and so like when we look at St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians and he says, brothers and sisters, be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her. Right? And that's a hard saying. Like, that's a high standard. You know, it's a high standard to say like, every aspect of your love as a married couple is meant to be an image of Christ's love for the church. And, and so, so husbands, you are supposed to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And wives should experience that from their husbands and then want to submit themselves in love to their husband's love. And again, like this saying is hard, right? This saying is hard because it doesn't always match our lived experience. You know, I can think of many, 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 many times that there's been a couple in my office and, and maybe in my early priesthood, it, I, I sort of said something like, you know, well, St. Paul says, like, you're supposed to submit to your husband as the church does to Christ and, and you're supposed to love your wife as Christ does the church. And, and, and this wife just looks at me and she's like, yeah, Father, that's great, but my husband is not Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, he's not Jesus. And so, so, like, this is really hard because we fall short. Like, we, and we all fall short. And it's important for us to remember, like, we all fall short. If you don't fall short, then you're already holy. You're already a saint. And, and like, come see me so you can be my spiritual director. And, it, like, we all fall short. But the goal is, is to seek transformation. The goal is to seek, to continue to strive for what it is that our Lord desires for us, right? It's striving. It's striving. And falling short isn't being a failure. Falling short means like, whoa, there's like a lot of space for me to grow in my relationship with our Lord. Like this is going to be really exciting. You know, like our Lord's about to do something really cool in my life. And we can think of lots of different areas of our life that that applies to. And, and you know, I think that, that we can live in a hopeless world sometimes. You know, a hopeless world that says, like, well, it's impossible to do what the church 
says we're supposed to do. And so therefore, either the church is wrong or I'm a complete failure. And, and that's a really horrible dichotomy to sit in. It's a horrible dichotomy to sit in. You know, and it's a false dichotomy. When there's a gap between where I'm at and what our Lord's calling me to be, like, it means there's, there's room for growth, there's room for transformation, there's, there's, there's some place I'm going. And I'm going towards him. And the best life waits for us as, as we continue to go towards him and, and we continue to seek transformation. And when we find ourselves in that tension or when we find ourselves in that place where maybe we start to doubt the church's teaching because it's so hard to live out, this is the case with, it can be the case with many couples who, who just struggle to love each other well. It can be the case with young people who hear the church's teaching about chastity and they're, and they're like, oh, that's impossible to do. It can happen with people who, who have confusion about you know, the way they feel about themselves, their body, their attractions. And when we find ourselves in that tension where we feel like, Either the church is right and I'm a failure or the church is wrong and, and I'm just kind of okay staying where I am. There's a third option and the third option is to go to the Father and ask the Father to show us. To ask the Father to show us how to live and to ask the Father to show us like where our thinking might be off and to ask the Father to show us what is true and what is good and what is beautiful. And place our faith in the fact that we can be transformed. This is why Jesus says, no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. And there can be those times where we find ourselves in that place of tension and, and we find ourselves in that same place where Joshua's followers are and, and Joshua looks at them in the first reading and he says, if it does not please you to serve the Lord, decide today whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, like you can do whatever you want, but, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to serve the Lord and, and I'm going to trust in him. And, and when the people answer, their answer also shows us something of a pathway because they say, far be it from us to forsake the Lord for the service of other gods. For it was the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt. And, and so they remember what our Lord has done for them. If they remember what our Lord has done for them. Like at one time, the Israelites thought it was impossible that they would ever not be slaves in Egypt. And the Lord delivered them. And if the Lord can deliver them from that, he can deliver them from their current situation. And that remembering is so important. You know, that's really what we do every single time we come to Mass. We remember what our Lord has done for us. 
because that becomes the source of our hope that, that we can, in fact, grow and transform and, and move towards and strive towards that ideal. And I know in my own life that that reality of remembering has been incredibly important. Incredibly important. You know, like in the darkest times of my life and in times when, you know, I remember very specifically, like when I was in the military and I was just in an incredibly dark place and and, and feeling hopeless often. But I remembered that at one time before that, at one time before that, maybe when I was in high school, I knew the Lord's love for me. And at one time, I knew that the Lord was there for me. And at one time, I knew what it felt like to have joy. And I knew that at one time in my life, our Lord put it on my heart to be a priest. And And so, you know, I made this kind of decision to stand with our Lord based on what he had done in the past. And, and then he has helped me over the years to catch up with that, you know, to catch up with that and, and, and shown his fidelity and, and the possibility of transformation and continued transformation. And there's a long way to go, but there's a kind of confidence there. And that's the confidence that he desires for each of his disciples. It's the confidence that he desires for each and every one of us. That remembering what our Lord has done, either in our own lives or in the lives of others or in the lives of the people throughout salvation history, that he can do the same thing for us here and he can do the same thing for us now. And so again, when we find ourselves in those places where life is confusing, where there's cognitive dissonance, where things don't make sense, where it seems impossible to live out what the church teaches, our Lord beautifully gives us that freedom that he gave to his first disciples. He asks them, are you going to leave me too? And they respond, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I know what you're saying is true. And if what you're saying is true, that means it's possible. And if it's possible, then, then I'm going to stick around and pray that my heart be transformed. And in our own times, our Lord desires to transform hearts he always desires to transform hearts, but it particularly like the church is in such need of renewal and our world is in such need of hope. Our world is in need of witnesses who are truly lights that shine in the darkness, who are beacons of hope in a world that seems cloudy. And so today, brothers and sisters, let us pray that that as we remember the great things our Lord has done for us, that our hearts be open to transformation in whatever part of our life, whatever part of our heart needs it, that we continually close the gap between the kind of ideal and and the way that we live our lives day to day, that we may be that light that shines in the darkness, that beacon of hope, 
and witnesses to the great things that our Lord has done and continues to do in his church and in the world.